Uh, if you want to turn to John's Gospel, John chapter 4, and we're coming in at verse 27 to 43. That's page 1067, if you're following in the Pew Bibles. So John's Gospel, chapter 4, and uh, following on from what we saw last week as Jesus meets the Samaritan woman, down to verse 27, it says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. I want us to stay with this story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman, um, because I think it has more lessons for us, more things to teach us. We don't want to move on too quickly because John doesn't move on too quickly. He shares a bit more about the after story of this woman who has come to a faith, an owned faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but quite often uh, I wonder what happens after people have had encounters with Jesus in the Gospels. It's very rare that we actually hear about the after story, what happened immediately afterwards or a long time afterwards. What happens to people who have been healed? Uh, what happens to people who say we believe in Jesus? What happens to people who have even been raised from the dead? Usually the rest of the story is left untold, and we're moving on to the next incident, we're moving on to the next healing, we're moving on to the next teaching. But here with a Samaritan woman, there is more given to us. This was a significant incident, I believe, because here we see the very beginning of reaching the Samaritans with the gospel. 
So this was kind of crossing a line. It was crossing a new boundary. It was crossing into new territory for the gospel of Jesus. Jesus was a pioneer missionary in many ways. In verse 27, the disciples, it says, are surprised that He has been talking to a woman and a Samaritan woman into the bargain. And what we see here, obviously, is Jesus crossing religious boundaries. The Samaritans were different from the Jews. He was crossing a, a, a sexual agenda boundary uh, where men wouldn't often share or talk to women, um, in particular like Samaritan women. And so here was a cultural uh, difference, a cultural boundary that he was crossing as well. The disciples don't say anything, but they're thinking lots, and we'll come back to this later. Now, verse 28, I always find is a lovely little verse where it says in verse 28, then leaving her water jar, she goes back into the village. She had come for water. She had come for physical water. She had come for water from the well. She'd come, she'd come for something that was special, but she found something even more special, even more precious. She came for well water, but she came to the one who had the living water, moving water, a water which would satisfy her deep down in her soul, her thirsty soul. It was in many ways an instant conversion. It was a little bit like the conversion of Zacchaeus, very uh, memorable, very instant, and the change was quite quick because she leaves her water jar and she rushes to the village and she wants to share her testimony with others. The woman who came for water leaves the water jar. The woman who had come at midday at the hottest time of the day to avoid people now goes back to find people and to speak to people and to seek people to share the good news that she had found living water. So this is a change that, that Jesus has brought in her life. Immediately, instantly, He has changed things around, changed priorities in her life. And that's what Jesus does. That's what He does in conversion. And you know, this is one of the ways we know someone has had an, a genuine experience of Jesus. This is one of the ways we know that there has been a genuine conversion because they tell others. They don't keep it to themselves. They tell others. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, Paul says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead for you, if you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you have a testimony, you will be saved. Believe in your heart and speak out your testimony. You will be saved. Those two things always go together. And it's a sign of a genuine conversion. It's a sign that this woman has come to life, that she has been changed at some fundamental level of her being. This is conversion. I wonder, can you remember, because many of us here, maybe most of us are, are Christians, can you remember the time when you, you owned that faith, when you were converted? Some of us have grown up within church. Some of us have grown up, maybe in a sense, always believing in Jesus Christ as Savior. But there came a point where it was owned, where it really became personal to you. And there was a change, there was a difference, there was a shift in your thinking. 
And that's a precious moment, and that's a special moment. But where are you now? What's your thinking now? Where's your love now? Where's your testimony now? Are you still wanting to share with people that Jesus has made a difference in your life? Maybe you've lost that sense of excitement. Maybe you've lost that sense of wonder of what Jesus has done for you. And today's a good day, as we come to the table, today's a good day to rediscover that sense of wonder. Sometimes when we go on in our faith, we grow tired, or sometimes we grow cynical. We lose our first love. But today is a day when perhaps we can rediscover in the Holy Spirit, rediscover that love for Jesus Christ, what He did in our lives one day. He changed us. We were born again. We were saved. This woman was excited. She left her water jar, and she went, and she told she didn't know everything. She didn't know everything about what had happened. She, she didn't know the, you know the doctrine of justification by faith. She probably couldn't even have explained grace, but she had experienced Jesus in the power of the Spirit. She didn't have all her questions sorted, but she knew something had shifted, something had changed. Jesus had made a difference. She was starting a new journey, but she had come to a fork in the road, and she was going in a different direction. She was changed. She was saved. She was converted. And it would be an adventure for her. It would be a, a journey of excitement. And the Christian life, the Christian journey is exciting because whenever we're following the Holy Spirit, we're never quite sure what he's, where He's going to lead us. He's not predictable. He's always full of surprises. And if you think the Christian life is boring, it's probably because you are not close enough to Jesus because Jesus is never boring. You only get boring whenever you're not following Jesus. If you're following Jesus, it will never be boring, I can assure you. So if your Christian life is boring, if you're bored as a Christian, it's because you're not following Jesus. You're not close enough to Jesus because He's never boring. He's always nudging you, always prompting you, always leading you into new risks, always leading you deeper in your faith and your, your knowledge of Him. All the way through chapter 4, I wonder if when you're reading through this chapter as a whole, there's a range of titles that are applied to Jesus. At the most most basic, he was a a man. The woman says, come see a man. But other titles that are used are in verse 6, he's called Jesus. In verse 9, he's called a Jew. In verses 4, 11, 15, and 19, he's called Sir or Lord. In verse 19, he's called a prophet. In verse 25, he's called the Messiah. In verse 25 and 29, he's called the Christ. In verse 26, it's I am. In verse 31, it's rabbi. And he's all these things, but supremely in verse 42, the ultimate description described by the people, is this the Savior of the world? We want to acknowledge him as the Savior of the world. Titles of respect evolve into titles of belief and surrender. And in all our experiences, we will encounter and perhaps call Jesus various various things. Maybe our friends, our family will call Jesus various things. But ultimately, we want to get people to this place where they say, He's the Savior of the world. He's unique. There's no one else like Him. And He's my Savior. So this woman had a testimony. She had a story about Jesus. And each of us has 
a testimony. Each of us has a story, and it will culminate in saying, Jesus is my Savior. From time to time in our staff meetings on a, on a Monday lunchtime, we, we talk about the importance of stories, and we're reading a book at the minute on, on prayer, and, and quite often in this book, there's stories of people and what God is doing in their lives and how the Holy Spirit is prompting them. And we keep saying we must, we must encourage more stories to be told. And in Cafe Explore, the testimony evenings are very popular. People come to hear people sharing their stories of what God is doing in their lives today. Yes, in the past, but also what difference is He making today? And, and maybe that's something we'll try and incorporate and fold into our services a bit more, especially in, in Sunday evenings, where people are sharing their stories of how they met Jesus and the difference that it is making today. I wonder, do you have a testimony that is current, that is ongoing, of what Jesus is doing in your life today? And so we see here a sign of life. We, we call this sermon series Signs of Life, and having a testimony is itself a sign of life, an ongoing sign of life, an ongoing relationship with Jesus. And the last thing I want, I want to say before we, we come to communion uh, is what I mentioned earlier about Jesus crossing a boundary and crossing into a new region, crossing into a new territory, and, and reaching the Samaritans. But this is how He reaches new people. He does it through a person. He does it through an individual. He does it through someone receiving the faith, being converted, and then sharing with others and saying, come and see, or come and hear, or come to church with me, or come to Alpha, or come to a Cafe Explorer. And this is how God works. He works through people inviting people. He works through families. He works through relationships. He works through networks. This is how Jesus works. This is evangelism. In verse 39 of chapter 4, it says, Many Samaritans believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Many believed because of the woman's testimony. Now, crossing boundaries and barriers of culture and language and gender and so on is not easy, but it's what Jesus loves to do. And when we're walking closely with Him, we, we sense little nudges of His Spirit to speak to someone or to invite someone. Henry Blackaby, a number of years ago, there was a very well-known uh, series of Bible studies. I think they were called Encounter with God or something like that. Um, Henry Blackaby uh, made a great deal of the phrase, a very memorable phrase, look out for where God is working and join Him. Do you remember that study? So, going back maybe 20 years. Look out for where God is working and join Him. When as an individual or a church we are in prayer, we want to discern, Lord, where are you working? In whose heart are you working? because we want to join you in that. We want to be a co-laborer with you in that. Jesus said then, and He would say now, open your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ripe for harvest, verse 35. Yes, our world is in a mess. Yes, we find in our world that many, especially young people, are saying, no, I don't want to attend church. I don't want to hear about God and so on. But, but deep down, they have a spiritual thirst 
a bit like the Samaritan woman. They have a hunger. They have a thirst. They maybe can't put words on it. They say, I'm spiritual, which is a very woolly term, but there's a transcendence there. There's a, there's a need for something more than what they see. And that is something to build on. They've come with their water jars, but actually they're looking to thir- for a, a soul thirst to be satisfied. So let's keep inviting people to church. Let's keep inviting people to Alpha. We're going to be running Alpha in January uh, through Wednesday evenings in January. And we really want to, to, to start now to ramp up our thinking, to ramp up our praying, to say who's, who, who would be willing to lead Alpha? Uh, who would you be willing to invite to Alpha? Because that's one of the keys is that having non-Christians there, having seekers there, because inevitably when you have non-Christians there, they do find Jesus through Alpha, but we need to get them in the room. We need to get them there. So can you be thinking over the next month or two of someone in your family, someone in your work network, a friend that you could say, would you like to come to Alpha with me? And what's the worst they can say? The worst they can say is no. But sometimes we are surprised by how often people say, yes, I'll give it a go, I'll give it a try. And you know, one of the things we found interesting about Alpha is that if people come the first or second week, they very rarely drop out. The thing lasts about eight, nine, ten weeks. But once they come the first or the second week, they actually begin to really enjoy it. It's very rare for them to opt out. Some do, but very rare because they see something interesting and it draws them in. So can we be praying, can we be thinking about Alpha coming up in the new year, Wednesday the 17th of January? Jesus was on a mission and He modeled that mission for us. Jesus spoke prophetically to this woman. He said to her, I know you have had five husbands. And the man you're currently living with is not your husband. Jesus saw this prophetically. He saw this in her. And it was one of the things that caused her to, to kind of draw breath and to step back and say, he, he knows everything about me. And, and sometimes I think what we need to do and what I think the Spirit is urging us to do is to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things about people, to, to prompt our conversation and to draw us to things that Maybe people will be surprised, how, how did they know that about me? It's because God has given a word of knowledge, He has prophetically spoken to us or through us, and it has caused someone to, to really think through, have I a faith? What, what is God saying to me? Even pray and ask, Lord, who do you want me to pray for over the next couple of months? Who do you want to lead me to, to invite to church or to invite to Alpha? Because we need to be doing this, folks. This is what we need to do if we are to see new people come to faith, is to follow the example of Jesus, crossing the boundaries, speaking prophetically into people's lives, and inviting them. And then they invite others to church and to faith. And then finally, in verse 34, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. And of course, Jesus' greatest work was His work on the cross. But He is continuing His work through us today. His work of mission and of sharing the gospel is through us. As I said earlier, it was through the woman's testimony that people came to faith. 
and it is through our testimony that people will come to faith. And so today as we come to this table and to this food, to this bread, to this, this wine or this juice, we want the food of Jesus. As we feed by faith on Jesus, we want His food to be our food. We want His desires to be our desires. We want His words to be our words. We want His work to be our work. We want His mission to be our mission. So as we're eating and drinking today, can we pray that? Lord, work through me. May I be your instrument. May your food be my food. Because the fields are ripe unto harvest. May not look like that sometimes, but they are. People are lost. People are confused. People are... People are depressed, the state of this world. They're looking for hope. And the greatest hope we have is Jesus Christ. And friends, until we get excited by this hope, I'm not sure anybody else is going to be excited by it. Is that a fair comment? I think it's a fair comment. If we're excited about coming to church, if we're excited about communion, if we're excited about praise, if we're excited about Alpha, Well, then that will spill over and that will spill out. But if we're not excited, friends, we're not going to excite anybody else. This woman left her water jar because she was so excited. So can we rediscover through eating and drinking today the excitement of our testimony, of our faith in Jesus Christ for His glory? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for a Word that is ancient, thousands of years old, and yet right bang up to date. We thank You that our food can be to do the will of Jesus Christ. And so we pray as we eat and drink today that we would be excited again by the faith that we share, the faith that we have that made all the difference. That day we came to faith in Jesus Christ. And we pray this in His name. Amen.